Turn to Isaiah chapter 9. And I want to show you this so that at any given moment in your life, when you are short on hope or you wonder what is the meaning of Christmas, and if you're like us, it can be challenging. Even as Christians who believe in Jesus and who would say, we know what the meaning of Christmas is all about, it seems like we're on a five-week sprint every year, right out of Thanksgiving. You know what I'm talking about? The Amazon boxes are hitting the front porch every night. Your wife maybe says, go get them. I saw in the news people keep stealing packages off the porch, and you just feel like it's endless, and you better put the lights up. And if you put them up last year, you got to step it up because the neighbors did, and so now you're putting more lights up. You're up there like... Clark Griswold or whatever his name is. If you're like us this year, you went up to the mountains, you cut down your own tree and you wrapped it like a burrito in a weird tarp and you put it on top of the minivan, at least I did, and uh, you look like a, a regular Clark Griswold doing that too. And Christmas is this rush, it's this sprint. And it's easy even for Christians to forget what this is all about. And there's great things, good things. Today, you'll have special traditions. You'll have a meal. You'll go home with your family. You'll enjoy tonight together. And there'll be so many wonderful moments that all should be a part of your life. And they'll be playing, and they'll be resting, and they'll be retreating, and there'll be Christmas memories for years to come. But in the midst of all that, a baby came, and his arrival declares something remarkable. Something more important than any other Christmas tradition, something more vital to your hope than any of the best Christmas memories you'll ever experience. And so I would like to invite you to read with me in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And I know we're full and we have the bleachers and there's kiddos, but let's do what we always do. If you're visiting, we stand and we read God's word together out of reverence for God's word because we believe that. When we read the Bible, God is literally speaking to us through it. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Listen to these words of prophecy. Isaiah says, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given, and the government will rest upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There'll be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it, to uphold it with justice and righteousness. From then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. That means God's going to do it. That's his word to us today. You may be seated. But let's pray and then walk through what Isaiah's prophecy means for us today. Father, we thank you for your son Jesus. We thank you for the greatest gift of all. I thank you and praise you for the sound of children in this room and uh, their little feet and their little cries and their little coos and their, uh, even their little amens or screams during this time together. Thanking you for the heritage of children. Ultimately, uh, a reminder with every cry and every laugh that a baby came who was your son. And he was born of a virgin. He was placed in a manger that night. And yet he was king of the world. And today he is the hope that this world needs. Help us to reflect on that in the midst of all the distractions and even the good things. May we not miss the greatest, Jesus, our Savior. He is what Christmas is all about. Thank you. 
for that gift. We pray this in his name. Amen. So the background of the words that we just read can be traced to 739 B.C. B.C. means before Christ. So before Jesus ever came, Isaiah started prophesying to this nation called Judah. If you've ever sang the Christmas song, we just sang to ransom captive Israel. We all sing that and people just think, well, that's a Christmas song. Okay, great. I don't know what any of that means, but you know, same thing with Noel. People never, Noel, Noel. Sounds cool. Red bows and Christmas. It's a Christmas song. To ransom captive Israel is the background to even this text. Israel was captive. Judah was captive. They were coming under judgment from God because they were sinful. They were rebellious. And it it was God's judgment, but really they did it to themselves. They were in some ways, maybe like America, they were committing injustices. They didn't care about God's word. They didn't care about what he had said. They worshiped whatever they wanted, however they wanted. But here's the wild part, very much like America. They kept going to the temple and they kept saying they were followers of God, which is the H word that a lot of Christians get called. You know it and I know it because we get called it sometimes, hypocrites, the ultimate hypocrisy. They were saying, we follow Yahweh, the name of God. We follow after him, but their lives look nothing like people who follow God. And so God tells the prophet Isaiah, you go tell my people that judgment's coming. I'm going to deal with them. You can't play this game. You can't be hypocrites and then say you follow me. And so there is this doom and gloom prophecy. But there also is not just doom and gloom. There is a prophecy of of destiny. There's not just judgment, but there's hope. See, God never leaves us in our sin without hope. There wasn't just bad news from Isaiah, there was good news, and that's exactly what these words are. And you see, Isaiah's name holds a clue. Isaiah's name means uh, salvation from Yahweh, Yahweh being the name of God. And so he sends a prophet to say, judgment's coming, but also the clue in Isaiah's name is that hope is coming as well. Isaiah 12, 2 describes what all of us and the people at that time in Judah can say if we would turn to God, behold, God is my salvation. I'll trust and not be afraid for the Lord God is my strength and he is my song. He has become my salvation. And Isaiah gives us a very clear picture of what salvation would look like. It would come in the form of a baby which is why in verse 6 he says, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given. The government will rest upon his shoulders. That idea of being given to us is the people of Israel knowing that the Messiah, this baby, would come through their lineage and the government would rest upon his shoulders. This is significant because this child is a king. He'll carry the government better than any king they had dealt with, better than any ruler we're dealing with, better than any leader who has ever been. His capable shoulders would carry the government. There would no longer be burdens of oppression and despair, of hopelessness and of sin. There would now be joy. There would be hope. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. He carries the nation and he is a king. Isaiah 7.14 mentions this child even before Isaiah 9 saying, Behold, a virgin will be with child. She'll bear a son 
and she will name him Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us and gives another clue to the special nature of this child as he comes The reason he can carry the government, the reason he'll lead like no other leader is because he came from above. He's not one of us, even though he might look like us. He is God-made flesh. And then Isaiah lists out four names that I want you to remember now and every single Christmas. When you turn to Isaiah 9 and you see, this is what Christmas is all about. This is the king. This is hope. He is first wonderful counselor. Daddy's wonderful counselor speaks to the miraculous wonders. He's going to make people stand in awe of who he is. And he is a counselor, meaning his wisdom is above all wisdom. Any wisdom this world can offer you pales in comparison to this one who will come. What he says is what you and I should listen to. We should look to him for direction. He has, as Isaiah 11 would prophesy about him, The Spirit of the Lord resting upon him. He's got the Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of understanding, the Spirit of counsel, the Spirit of strength and of knowledge. This world looks to so many people and so many places for wisdom. And Christmas is the reminder that true wisdom, the wisdom that you and I need more than any other wisdom, is found in one place and found in one person. This child would be the wonderful counselor whom you and I need to look to. Then he says, he will be mighty God. There'll be no one like him. See, in the Old Testament, many leaders are called mighty. Abraham, David, Moses, Joshua, even Isaac and Jacob. These are the mighty leaders in the Old Testament. Not one of them was ever called mighty God. None of them were divine. Every one of them, again, pale in comparison to this one. This one would be mighty God. And this marks significant revelation that the human child who comes is not merely human. He is divine. He is mighty God. And then he calls him eternal father, a term that we should pay close attention to because unlike the rulers of this world, this one will never have a term limit. You can't vote him out. He's eternal. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. If you try to find a moment where he started, you can't because he's always been and forever will be. That's who this child is. And he's eternal father, which is a term of nurture and care, even of discipline. And so unlike any ruler you've had, or maybe an earthly father who has failed you, even if you've had a good father, he still will never compare to this one who will come and he will care, nurture, guide, He'll shepherd and he will protect with love and concern for his people because he's eternal father and because he's mighty God, because he carries the government on his shoulders. Church, let me tell you, no earthly leader is who we'll ever look to for hope. We'll do what we can to to see the right leaders come into power in our country. But in the end, no matter what happens in this world, Christmas is another moment when you and I remember we're not living for the now. We're living for the then to come. And this child who came is the eternal father. And he also says he's the prince of peace. I wonder what kind of peace that we think of when we hear that term. He's the prince of peace. We think, well, peace in my relationships, and, and that's a good thing. Maybe peace for nations who are at war. That's a good thing. Peace in our 
political upheaval. That's a good thing. Maybe peace between churches. Maybe peace for the anxiety and the depression that you're experiencing in your life right now. All of those are forms of peace that God does care about. Maybe peace for your body because you're dealing with sickness. But all peace from God flows from being at peace with God. That term prince, that he's the prince of peace, is this idea of administration. He's distributing peace to people. And you can't have peace in your relationships, lasting peace. You can't have peace in the nations. You can't have peace in churches. You can't have peace in your own heart until you are at peace with God. And the idea that he would administer peace means that he has to play mediator, negotiator, and peacemaker regarding a conflict or a war. And this is a clue again to what is happening between God and man that this child must come. See, Judah, they were rebellious. They had made themselves enemies of God. They were at conflict with God. Their sin had angered God. Sin is still mankind's greatest problem. You and I, our greatest issue is the issue of sin. That's what the brokenness in the world is. You don't need more money. You don't need more stuff. You don't need to just, if I just got married, then I'd be fine. And marriage is great, but all the married people tell you, well, you get there and you realize, well, maybe this wasn't all it was cracked up to be, and I got to play a part in this. Yeah, it takes two. And then you think, well, if I just had a baby, then you get a baby, and they scream during the whole service, and you realize that's not going to give you any hope. And, and then you go, well, if we just were financially stable, if we just work hard for 20 years and, and we can retire, and then you can play all the golf you want, you can retire on lazy green acres, you can play longbow every day of the week here in the valley, you play all the PGA tours and go to Pebble Beach every weekend, you will find even worse, emptiness and boredom. You wonder, this is it? This is what my life was. Friends, because peace is not found in any of those things, and those can be great things, but understand, if you don't have the solution to the problem of sin, you will never find peace. Only Jesus, this child, can bring peace that lasts. Isaiah 53 is another prophecy that explains what happens when the child grows up, when he does the thing that fulfills the title, Prince of Peace. I want you to turn there so I can show it to you. It's just a, a few pages ahead in Isaiah 53. Isaiah explains to the people what's going to have to happen because of sin. He says in Isaiah 53, verse 4, Surely our griefs he bore, and our sorrows he carried, yet ourselves, we ourselves esteemed him stricken. He was smitten of God and afflicted. And then he says, But he was pierced through for our transgressions. That's crime, that's offense, that's wrongdoing. And the chastisement, he says, for our well-being, or the word means peace, fell upon him. He was crushed for our iniquities. Here's what Jesus did. He came as a baby. 
grew to be a man and then absorbed the wrath of God upon his own body so that peace could be yours. See, this is why when people look for peace in all the wrong places, it's so egregious to God. Not that he doesn't want you to enjoy a good life, but that you've missed the whole avenue to true and lasting peace. He killed his own son. He sent him in love, put him on a cross, poured out his wrath upon him so you would not have better retirement, more money, and more stuff to find peace so that in the midst of your life and good things, you would still have the greatest thing, an atonement for the problem of sin. The baby was born to die. He would grow up to fulfill his role in his title, Prince of Peace. Because he would pay the penalty of sin. Once again, turning God's face towards you in love and in peace. You would be then reconciled to God. Made right with him. 700 years after Isaiah's prophecy. Joseph heard these words from the angel about who his son would be. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. You'll call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what the prophet had spoken. Behold, the virgin will be with child. She'll bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which translates God with us. This is what Christmas is all about, that God came to dwell with us. The child Jesus, born of a virgin, to die for our sins because of the penalty required by God. God always deals with sin one way. The punishment and the standard is simple. It is death. And in order that you and I would not have to die and bear the wrath of God to pay for our sin, he pours out his wrath upon his son, who then is your substitute. And the only way to have peace and hope in this world for the world to come is by placing your faith and trust in Jesus alone for your salvation, saying, God, I've sinned, I have no solution. My good works won't save me. I can give all my money away this year and get a big tax write-off, and that won't save me. Only your son is the one who can save me. So I'm throwing all my lot in with him. I'm putting my faith and trust in him. I'm casting my whole life before him. Will you save me and give me peace that this world cannot steal? That's God's offer. That's what Christmas is all about. Jesus can do that for you because he lived a perfect life. He was the son of God sent to be the hope, to be the solution. Yes, God is a righteous judge. And yes, he doesn't mess around with sin. He didn't with Judah in the Old Testament. And he doesn't still today mess around with sin. But consistent with his character of love and mercy is the hope and the offer that he gives us for salvation. God never shows you the problem and the bad news without bringing the solution through the good news. And that's what I want for you to experience today and to have. I know some of you have peace. I know you have this peace that I've described. I know some of you are going to say, oh yeah, I've got that peace. But you don't, and you know it when you lie in your bed and you stare at that ceiling at night and you think, I don't really think I'm as sure as I thought I was about my spiritual condition. And then some of you, you're probably the easiest to work with in the room. You're just really honest. You're going to say, yeah, I don't have that hope at all. 
My life is, is broken beyond repair. I just have nothing. I've hit rock bottom. Friend, if that's you, let me tell you, that's the best place you've ever been. Because how many understand, when you finally have given up your way and you realize you can't do it, now you're in a position in which you can finally trust the Lord and place your faith in Him, and you can quit trying to save yourself. A drowning individual that is constantly clawing and clamoring, just causes more and more problems. It's when you finally just release yourself to the one saving you that they pull you out and you then have life. So it is with the Lord. Just give up your way today. Stop trying to make everything okay through your works and your strength and trust that this one who came is the only one who can save you. And in that moment, friend, you will find that what the angels said to the shepherds in Luke 2 can be what you declare and embrace today when the angel appears and says, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. It'll be for all people. For today in the city of David, there's been born to you a Savior. He's Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You'll find the baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And then suddenly there appeared with the angels, a host of angels singing glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. There's people in this room right now, you think God is mad at you, you think he hates you, you think he could never love you because all you have done. Listen, because of Jesus, there can be peace on earth and goodwill towards all men with whom he's pleased. For one reason, because you've looked to his son, Jesus, for salvation. The angels go up into heaven, and what do the shepherds say? They look at one another and say, let us go straight to Bethlehem then. Let's see this thing that's happened which the Lord has made known to us. What's their response? The same response I want for you today. They turn and say, let's worship him. See, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, he would have sent us uh, an inventor or a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, he would have sent us an entertainer. But... Our greatest need was forgiveness, so God sent us a Savior. That's who Jesus is. Many in the days of the prophets repented. They turned to God for salvation. Many, when Jesus came that first Christmas, they turned to God for salvation. And now today, God still offers peace to broken, lost, and hopeless sinners so they can then be healed, restored, and have hope once again. Peace and goodwill have forever been found and will only ever be found through Jesus Christ. He was the baby born to die. He then rose again. He declared triumph over death. He made it known to all that he is the wonderful counselor. He is who Isaiah said as the mighty God, the eternal father, the prince of peace. Emmanuel has come. And friend, church, our family here, I only have one question for you this Christmas, and it is this. Is he the source of your hope? My prayer is that you can answer that this year and in every year to come with a resounding yes and amen.